0: Open up your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter 13. We are jumping into the next series, next message in our series called The Blessed Life. I hope that you've learned some things um, over the last couple messages. Today, I think, is one of the most important. It's one that will apply to children. It's one that will apply, let me say it like this it will apply to children who don't have a job. It will apply to a career-minded individual who's been working in the workforce for years. It will apply to the retiree on a fixed income. It will apply to every single person in this room today. So I want you to listen up, and the kids have a little handout they were given with a coloring sheet and a little note page that they can have activities while we have service going on and take good notes, kids, because good stuff happens when you do that. Um, Today, the title of my message is this the principle of first. The principle of first. So go with me if you haven't already gotten there to Exodus 13, we're gonna be there um, talking through several verses in just a moment. But the question that I have for you today is this, and this is again for every person who is a person in this room, that's all of you. The question is, is God first? Is he really first? When God is first in your life, it seems like everything comes into order. That doesn't mean you don't have disturbances and some chaos. That doesn't mean that you're rich and not broke. It means this. It means that you've put God in the top spot, priority-wise, and you're not gonna let him get knocked out by anything else. So even in the midst of a job loss, even in the midst of a divorce, even in the midst of issues that you face, each individual in this place faces their own set of circumstances. Whatever it is that you face is God remaining really in that top spot. This is not to say that we'll never have problems. We're not guaranteed smooth sailing. I hate, hate the fact that there has been some sort of message preached before, and it still is around today, that when you come to God, He'll fix everything, and your life will be completely different, and you won't have any problems. That is not true. It is not true. In fact, you can look at any page of the Bible, pretty much any page of the Bible, and you'll see people who lived through some dire circumstances and some really hard issues that they faced, yet they loved God, reached out to Him, and trusted Him, and there's always a blessing when you put God first. Amen? So we will have trials in this life. Jesus Himself said that. But the question is, Does God remain in the top spot? With God's help and his guidance, we can overcome the trials that we face in this life and get victory when we keep God in that top position. Here's the deal, when God is not in first place, your life defaults to chaos and disorder. You lack peace, you lack provision, you lack protection, you lack many things. In fact, I could say it like this. You lack everything that you need when you allow something else to be a top priority. Let me give you a very good few examples. If it's for a child that's involved in a sport, if that takes them every single Sunday out of church, it is not okay with God. That's... It's clear in the Bible that's not your pastor getting up on a soapbox. I'm telling you, the world is dying and going to hell without the Savior because there is a group all throughout every church everywhere who has deprioritized God, and they fit him in when they can. And here's the deal. He's mad about it. He doesn't like it. Well, pastor, is it okay that I miss church because I've got job responsibilities? Sure, I understand. You've got travel arrangements? Yes, I understand. You do have a sport that takes you one or two here and there? Yes, it's okay. I'm telling you this, though. God had better be first in your life because if he's not first, your default choice, whether you would own up to it or not, well, shoo! I'm about to preach it. The default means that if he's not first, he's last. Okay, so we gotta stop here for a comedy break, okay? I know, the Holy Spirit really has a message. You stay right there, Julie, don't you walk out. If you weren't here last Sunday, I accidentally spilled a little bit of water. uh, The whole bottle, okay? Not a big deal, it's water. I don't know what she's got in her cup. Okay, good. She joked with me this morning and said, you know, Pastor, I was gonna bring you a sippy cup, just as and look over here what she has done. She spilled her cup. Shoo! Man, I tell you, revenge is mine, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Anyway, you know, Pastor doesn't care about this carpet. I don't think God cares about this carpet let's keep going. If God isn't first, he's not second. He's last. What does it look like to put God first? Here are three categories in your life that matter. Your time, your talent, and your treasure. If you're taking notes, write those down. Those three are the top categories of our life, how we spend our time, what we do with our talents that we're given, and what we do with the treasure that God has given us. So, what does it look like to put God first? It means that I spend time before I make a major decision and I ask God, God, is this you? God, is this okay with you? God, are you leading me in this direction? Lord, confirm your will in my life. Help me understand that this is the right path. What else does it look like? It looks like me prioritizing my life with God by doing daily devotions. I didn't say weekly. I didn't say monthly. And I'm gonna say something that is a little bit controversial. It's a hot take. But I don't care if you're not a morning person. That's the best time to be with God, okay? That's just me. That's not in the Bible. But Jesus woke up early to go away to be with his father. I'm telling you, the world is quiet. The birds are chirping. You can hear the voice of God. It's amazing. You say, I'm not a morning person. I can't do it. Well, here's what we lack in this life. Discipline. Discipline. We lack it. Every one of us lacks it. I lacked it this week when I bought seven crumble cookies, the size of my face. And I probably ate three whole ones all by myself. I've got to get to the gym this afternoon. We lack the discipline, but I mean, you could balance it out, right? Right. You can. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I could do an extra mile and get rid of a cookie, but I'm going to try. How do, how do I know God's really first? Have I prioritized my involvement in the body of Christ? Do I serve in the church in some way, form, or fashion? That shows me, if I look in the mirror, is God first? And then another way to look at is your treasure, not just your talents and your time, but are you bringing your tithe and giving offerings above and beyond your tithe? So the question of is God first will be answered today, I think, and I'm gonna give you an opportunity at the end for us to pray together But here's the thing about God, in his grace, he is okay with you today, admitting your mistake and saying, God, I've got 10 things in that first spot and I want them gone. And I want you in that first spot. I tell you, he will open up the opportunity for you to have discipline, make wise choices and get him back in the first spot. All right. So Exodus chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. Let's look at that. The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Everybody say that word, firstborn. Firstborn. Whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. God says, I value my creation and I want the first of man and of beast. Look at what verse 11 says in Exodus 13. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to you and your fathers and shall give it to you, you shall set apart to the Lord all that first opens the womb. All the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be the Lord's. So the first, this is number one, the first belongs to God. You say, well, Pastor, is that just an obscure scripture verse you're pulling out so you can have this point? No. In fact, I will tell you all throughout the Old Testament, prior to the law given, God desired the first to be given to him. Jesus, in fact, later after the law and during his lifetime, we understand from Paul that Jesus is called the firstborn. Paul says in Romans 8, 29 that he is the firstborn among many brothers. God loves family. Yes, amen. The world is trying to destroy it. I don't know if you watch the news. I don't have to cat call any organization or entertainment company, but there are people and there are spiritual forces at work in this world today seeking the demise of the actual traditional God-ordained family. And we've got to guard against that. We have to stand strong against that. God himself practiced the principle of first when he gave Jesus as firstborn. It may sound a bit odd to think of, but God considered Jesus a tithe of all of humanity. The reason I say that is because God gave him first. He didn't wait to see the results come in. He didn't wait to see if humanity would turn to him and then say, okay, the half of you that have, now I'm gonna send my son to forgive you. He didn't wait. God, through the expanse of time, determined that at that point in history he would send his son and he would be the firstborn among many. Somebody shout hallelujah. The firstborn among many, he didn't wait for you to clean up your life before he gave Jesus. He didn't wait for you to honor him and the cost of the cross. He gave Jesus as a sacrifice for us. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us without a guarantee of what comes next. Yes, he's God. Yes, he knows it all. But hear me well. Without the guarantee of results, he gave what was first. This is important. Romans chapter five, verse eight, I I just quoted to you, paraphrased. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So think about this. In the Old Testament, God didn't tell the Israelites to wait until you had 10 sheep and then you can give me one. I want you to understand the principle of first. You really need to get this in your heart, your mind, and your spirit today. God didn't say, wait until you have 10 sheep, which, by the way, take time to reproduce and come to life and all the things, and then you can pick one of them, whichever one you choose, and come bring it to me. I'm a newlywed man. just got married. We're starting a farm. Yay, my dad gave me two sheep. Here they are. The sheep are going to reproduce and I've got a I've got a baby now I can raise this and start a whole herd no I can't the Bible says I've got to give the first without a guarantee of results of what comes next he said give me first even before you have any others so it takes faith to give the first one before you have anything else that's the same principle that applies with your paycheck. It takes faith to give the first. We've got to understand this. And by the way, kids, you might appreciate this. You know how long it takes for a baby sheep to come to life? Anybody got a guess? A kid. Sh- shout out a guess. How many months? Put a number on it. 12? No. Not 12? Not Three, five, I hear a bunch of them. It's five months, five months of waiting for that baby, that cute little baby sheep to show up. And then when it does, I take it to church. I take it to God and to God's house. In today's language, we, when we understand the principle of first, this means we don't pay our bills and then see if we have enough left to tithe. It takes faith to give that first portion. You say, Pastor, is this a big fundraising drive? Is this the point? Yes and no. I'll tell you, like somebody told me a long, long time ago, and it's an age-old, I don't know how to, what I'm trying to get to, it's a saying that has been around for a really long time. If the shoe fits, put it on and wear it. I don't know if I can express to you genuinely enough the fact that God doesn't need your money, you need your obedience. He, he requires your obedience. It's, it's not about that. It's not that pastor needs more money in a paycheck or we're short on the light bill this month. It's because you need to understand there's principles at work that were before the law that exist during the life of Christ and even still today apply like this one of the first Belonging to God. Obedience in faith enacts the blessing and favor of God. Think about this. I highlighted it last Sunday, but I didn't give you a full run of it, and I'll give it to you today. The city of Jericho. How many of you raise your hands and you know what happened in Jericho? Okay. We actually have a wonderful lady here today whose name is Jericho, and we love her. What happened in the city of Jericho, the Israelites were going into the promised land and God said this, I'm going to tell you, read the story. He said, when you get into Jericho, all of the silver and all of the gold comes to my house. Why didn't he say just a 10th? Because it's the first city that they were conquering in the promised land. Joshua 6, chapter 19 has that information. It says, bring all the silver and all the gold. So Jericho is the first city to be conquered in the promised land, and they didn't even defeat it themselves. God did it. He deserves it all. After you've conquered that first city, then then you can give me 10%. He didn't say that. He said, you can have all the rest but you've got to give this to me first. A man named Achan, poor guy, bad name, don't name your kid that. A man named Achan is recorded in scripture in Joshua chapter 7, verse 11 and 12, as having sinned. I want to read this passage to you because there's a significance of what God says Look at what it says in verse 11. It says, Israel has sinned. This is God speaking to Joshua. They have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. They've taken some of the devoted things they have stolen and they've lied and put them among their own belongings. In other words, they've claimed claimed them as their own. Verse 12 says this, therefore, the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies, They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. Talking about the people of Israel. God says these significant words, I will be with you no more unless you fix this. There's a significance to God speaking to the entire nation and saying, you better give me back what belongs to me. There's somebody in this camp that's taken it and put it in their tent and hidden it. And Joshua, you better find out who it is or else you're going to stand in defeat. And by God, his word says, he will remove his presence from them. I don't know about you, but I want to live with the presence of God as my partner. I want to have him in my life. So... This is really important. This is not just a standalone thing. It's all throughout scripture in different places. It's about putting God first. If you wanna see God bless any area of your life, put him first in it. Put him first in your marriage and he'll help you. Put him first in your finance. Put him first in your family. Put him first in any of those places in your life and you will see blessings. You will see that when he is first, other things begin to happen that help you continue to grow in your faith and your relationship with him. Put God first. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, and this screen has the verses for you. It says, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? How many of you parents are so tired of your kids saying, what are we going to eat? What are we having for lunch? What are we having for dinner? that's what we think you sound like, even though you don't sound like, okay? We really do think that's what you sound like. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Mommy, I can't find anything to wear. Okay, next verse. For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Verse 33, but seek first Until I preached this message, I don't think I really understood because I've heard this all my life. Don't forget I'm a church kid. I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up rubbing, wiping my boogers underneath the pews. I know it all, okay? Been there and my gum that I shouldn't have had in church. My parents told me not to, all the things. But seek first. There it is the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. You're worried about what you're eating, what you're drinking, what you're going to wear, how the Lord is going to provide for you. And God is saying, if you put me first, then all these things will happen. They'll be added to you. So while I disagree with the premise of a prosperity gospel message of just come to Jesus and he'll make you rich and you'll drive that Mercedes you've been dreaming of. I do believe this, God wants to prosper you. He wants to bless you. He wants to see you put him first in your life so that then he can let the blessings funnel through. The tithe, listen to me, some people have a hard time with this. I've talked to believers over the years. They think that's legalistic. No, it's fair. (laughs) 10% is fair. And it's all about your heart. It's not about the dollar. Like I said, God God will make sure his kingdom is taken care of with or without you. It's about your heart. And the first portion redeems the rest. All the rest after the first was given was redeemed by the first. So you've got to understand this. Obedience and faith enacts the blessing and favor of God. When I disobey, it enacts a curse in my life. You say, well, I didn't know God worked like that. He does, he does. Number two, point number two today, the first must be offered. Did you know you direct your life by your will, by your choices? Your life is directed by your choices. And some of us remember as children making poor choices that led us in a wrong direction. As teenagers, maybe making decisions that led us in a different direction than we should have. We understand even as adults that our life is directed by our will and by our choices. God created us with choices and he gives us these choices and here's what it says in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 it says this this is what you should do with your choice honor the lord with your wealth and there it is again with the first fruits of all your produce it's 100% authentic important genuine truth that we are to honor the lord with our wealth and with the first fruits of all of our produce. You say, well, pastor, I don't have an apple tree, a pear tree, an orange tree, a tomato plant, a strawberry plant. I don't have these things, so I guess I'm exempt. No, it's applicable today to your produce in your life, which would be your finance. So look at what Exodus chapter 23, verse 19 says. Oh, no, 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 hey, wait a second. I skipped over a part. Go to the next screen. Is it verse nine or verse? No, shoot, I didn't give it to you. I'm sorry, Christine, it's not your fault. We love you. Let's give Christine a round of applause. And Miss Kathy and Miss Michaela and all those that serve back there, you guys are awesome. Okay, the verse is verse 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. And then it says, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine." Not Exodus 13. Yeah, it was the other one. It's fine. Just write it down in your notes and you go look at it later. God says he's going to bless you. Exodus 23 verse 19 says this. The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring to the house of the Lord your God. Notice the Bible uses the word bring instead of give. Bring to the house of the Lord. Because we can't give what doesn't belong to us. Now listen, I am thankful, and I say this almost in every message during a series like this, I am thankful for the amount of people in our church. The percentage that we have, a majority percentage, give and give regularly and tithe in obedience to the Lord and give and go above and beyond. In fact, I am so thankful that God has placed us in a church like this because I believe I'm reaping the benefits of the blessing That God has for us as believers because of my obedience and your obedience combined together. So be careful when you hear a message like this, you may say, pastor, my giving is automatic. It goes out on the 15th. I mean, like what else are like, why am I here today? You're here today to understand the significance of what it looks like to put God first and to share this message with other people who are misguided and don't understand what God's word really means when it says put him first. So bring the tithe because it doesn't belong to us. That's what Exodus 23 19 says. So you can bring it to God's house. You don't get to direct it. Listen to me. For anybody that carries around with them a religious spirit of any sort and want to have their say in what happens, let me just tell you, this is not from some tyrant of a pastor. God's word is clear. When you put your tithe in God's hand and in his kingdom, you don't get to say what to do with it. God directs it. God, through leadership that's divinely called and gifted and given to the body of Christ, those in leadership determine the direction of those tithes, and I need to make sure that that statement is there because I've come across believers who think that they can direct what their tithe goes to. You can't. I'm sorry. But if you do minimal obedience and you do tithe, everything above that, you can tell it wherever you want it to go. You can say... Build a new blank with this money. You can, you can direct funds within the, the life of the church. You can absolutely say, hey, let's build a new building. Here's money for it. You can do that as long as you have tithed and you still submit to leadership even in that moment because you may say something totally wacky and say, pastor, I want this money to build a trampoline park for the community. Well, that's probably not something on our agenda today, So we're going to have to figure something out about where to direct those funds. So you still have to submit to leadership in your life and obey. Is that enough said? You got it. I know you got it. According to scripture, you've got two choices with your tithe. You can either give it or you can steal it. That's it. Literally, any page you look at that has tithes on it, Old Testament, New Testament, there are two choices in scripture. You either bring it and give it to the house of the Lord or you've stolen it. Genesis chapter four, verse three through five. This is something that will literally help shape your understanding of the beginning of our human history. If you can wrap your mind around just these two or three verses I'm about to share with you. It says in Genesis chapter four, verse three, In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. Verse 4 says, And Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. And the Lord regarded or had respect and acceptance for Abel and his offering. But verse 5 says, But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell off. (laughs) I was just seeing if you're just seeing if you were awake. I'm just seeing if you're awake. The Bible says Cain was very angry and his face fell. There are theologians who have wrestled with this. Why in the world did God favor Abel over Cain? How could God show favoritism? How could he have done this? You know, if God hadn't have done that, then maybe Cain wouldn't have been upset enough to kill Abel. You know, maybe it is God's fault. There's theologians that have studied the Bible and the ancient texts. And I'm telling you, the answer is easier than you can imagine. It says in verse 3 that over the course of time, or in the course of time, once Cain had decided what he was going to bring, out of whatever he had, he was bringing it. But it says in verse 4 that Abel brought the first. That's why God had regard for Abel and for his offering, is because Abel said, I don't know if I'm going to have another sheep, but God, I've got one and he's yours. This is good. Cain's was brought in the course of time. It wasn't the first fruits, but Abel's was the firstborn. God refused Cain's because, listen to me, because he knew that in Cain's heart, God was not first. Cain was probably worried about, hey, how am I gonna live? I need to jar some of these peaches for the winter. I gotta, you know, he was he was doing the thing that all of us as humans do. But Abel had faith. And obedience, and he gave the first. That's 2,500 years before the law ever shows up where God talks about tithing and giving. The principle of first was practiced by Abel in the first three chapters of the Bible. Number three, the tithe must be first. I know this kind of sounds a little bit strange, but you'll understand it briefly here. Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. It says, every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the trees, it is the Lord's, it is holy to the Lord. So let me give you in a practical sense what I mean when I say that the tithe must be first. I applaud you and I'm very, very thankful, like I said, for, being, for pastoring a church that believes and understands what this obedience looks like on payday, when the automatic deposit comes in, you can set up and reoccur your payment of your tithe to the church digitally. That's what that means. That means before your bills get paid, God gets paid. He gets his back. And that's an important thing for you to think about. Because if I got paid $10 cash, if I went over to Miss Julie's Mr. Dan's out at drill, and Miss Julie says, Hey, PD, will you come help me move this furniture? I say, Sure, I'll come help her. And she gives me $10. Which 10 singles? Okay. That's what I expect, at least. Okay. She gives me 10 single dollar bills. Which one of those dollars is the tithe? Yeah, but I know it's one, but which one is it? the first one, the top one, the first one that leaves my hand should leave and go to God. That's what that means. That's what that looks like. So we've got to understand that God is first. The tithe must be first. Can I say it another way? God doesn't want your leftovers, and he won't accept them. How many of you eat leftovers? (laughs) How many of you hate eating leftovers? <laughs> Man, there have been times in my life, my parents, God bless them, I love them dearly. Um, they both taught me how to cook and I consider myself a decent you know, cook. Uh, when I first got married, I th- and before we had kids, um, I think I probably cooked large portions, thinking, you know, we'd save it and eat it, you know, two days from now, or whatever. Well, really what I was doing was cooking for a dozen people, because my parents always <laughs> cooked f- for large groups and that kind of thing, and so we had a lot of leftovers left. At some point, my wife would say, you know, honey, this this chicken was great the first three times that we had it, but... <laughs> Let's, you know, let's have something else tonight. Here's the deal. God doesn't want your leftovers. He wants what belongs to him and what is first. He will not accept your leftovers. Malachi chapter three, God says, you brought me the blind and the lame animals and you've robbed me of the first and I won't take it. Exodus chapter 13 Listen, I've got just one more page. We're, we're going fast, okay? Exodus 13, verse 14 and 15 says this. When in time and when in time to come, your son asks you, what does this mean? You shall say to him, by a strong hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. Verse 15, for when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the f- firstborn of man and the firstborn of animals. Do you understand what Passover means? They were not dedicated to the Lord or given to the Lord, and God was punishing them. God provided a way for the Israelites to be saved in the midst of that. It says this Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that first the womb opens but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. So the Bible says when your son asks you, you know, why are you doing this, dad? Maybe you're, hey, listen up. Maybe there's a spousal disagreement. And there's a person in that partnership that says, um, why, why are you writing a check that big to the church? There, I've, I've met with couples who have that issue. I don't know how to resolve that right now in the few minutes I've got left, but I'm going to tell you this. God will honor that which is given first. And when the Bible says in Exodus 13, why are we doing this daddy? Or your spouse says, why are, why are we doing this? You can say, son, daughter, honey, the reason why I tithe is because this belongs to God. I once was lost, and he found me. I once was blind, and he healed me. I once was broken and in disrepair, and God put me back together and restored my life. I owe him this. He's first. I love that. They were able to use that as a testimony to their children. God delivered us out of the hand of the Egyptians. Don't you think he's worthy of this praise? Amen? God demands the first. He deserves the first. And I'm telling you this, when we obey God, our obedience to this principle of first precedes every other blessing. Let me ask you this in very casual language. Why would God want to bless your job, marriage, finances, or anything else if you've been robbing him? Why would he want to do that? Yes, he's a good God. He's loving. He's gracious. He's awesome. He's forgiving. He's merciful. All of those things. But why would God want to... Let a blessing rest and his hand of favor be on your life if you're not really putting him first. This message isn't about how much money you put in the offering because many of you gave before you showed up today. It's not about adding a zero to it today. It's about the question of is God really first? And maybe that hits you in between the eyes about the sports thing with your children. Maybe it hits you just about the priority of your day and the fact that you've skipped days that turned into weeks of time with your heavenly father who wants to just be first in your life. I don't know how it hits you today, but I want us to engage in worship. Just for this last moment, would you stand together with me today? Maybe it is about the finances and maybe you say, God, I haven't put you first, but I want to. So today, as the worship team leads us in this last song, put God first. Don't worry about lunch. Don't worry about rushing out of here. Don't worry about anything else. Close your eyes right now with me. Lord, we take just these last moments together. In your presence, and we admit our wrongs. We ask for forgiveness for the times that we have not put you first or for the areas of our life that we have not put you first in. God, we ask today would be a fresh start. Lord, that today you would help us put you in the highest place in that first position. Lord, today help us to realign our values and make sure that you are getting all the honor and glory that's due you. Lord, I pray that you would bless abundantly the people of God who have been living according to the principle of first. By the Holy Spirit, I pray a blessing on every believer in this house that has been faithfully tithing. I pray that you would bless them beyond what they can handle, so much so that they have to give it away. Lord, I pray that you would bless them in their coming and in their going. I pray that as they've put you first, Lord, you would help them shine a light in a dark world. Lord, as they've put you first, help them reach others. God, today we give you the first place in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name.